Well, hello and welcome to Binge Watch, the podcast where we take a look at the hottest new TV and film releases on streaming television platforms. I'm Hannah Fernando, the group editor of Woman and Home and Woman Magazine. And I'm Ian McEwen, writer on TV and Satellite Week, TV Times and What's on TV magazines. And today we're looking at the new releases for the week starting Friday the 13th of October 2023, including classic vampire saga interview with the vampire on bbc iplayer and the return of much loved sitcom shrink dr crane in a frasier reboot on paramount plus and we'll also be checking out brie larson's lessons in chemistry on apple tv plus and finding out about the greatest show ever made courtesy of prime video but first in what is in the news the three-part disney plus series colleen rooney the real wagatha story will tell the story of the legal case that gripped the nation in 2022. What else is in the news, Hannah? I can't wait to see that. And Apple TV's upcoming culture clash period drama, The Buccaneers, inspired by an Edith Wharton novel, will blend 1870s English aristocracy with a modern soundtrack from the likes of, well, Taylor Swift. Have you got your tickets, Ian? Oh, she gets everywhere, <laughs> doesn't she? <laughs> OK. I know I say this every week, but it is yet another very varied selection. We're going to start on BBC Two and BBC iPlayer arriving on Thursday. It's a new drama called Interview with the Vampire. And here's a clip. I offer for your journalistic pleasures my life story. So, how long have you been dead? The year was 1910. My business was desire. Let me introduce you to Mr. Lestat de Liancourt. I know who you are, sir. So no doubt you will recall, Hannah, the 1994 film of the same name, which starred Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. Talk about star power. But I believe that the author Anne Rice, whose books it was adapted from, was not that keen on the finished product. Well, this series has been done sort of overseen by her son. They've made some changes. So we start off, it's got a framing device um, that also kind of crops up through the story. So the framing device is uh, an American journalist, Daniel Malloy, who's played by Eric Bogosian from Succession, He's uh, he's quite old and quite frail. He's got Parkinson's and he is summoned to the Dubai penthouse of Lestat de Lioncourt, played by Sam Reed. And essentially he interviewed Lestat many years earlier and Lestat wants to do a new interview. OK, so that opening sequence didn't particularly grab me because I didn't find either of the characters particularly pleasant and they were doing some rather unconvincing kind of posturing sparring however I didn't think I was going to get into it but then he starts retelling his story the story of his life and we go back to New Orleans in 1910 because he doesn't age he's a vampire he's undead so yeah the first question is uh, how long have you been dead (laughs) this is a great question so yeah that's when it really sparks into life so back in the early 20th century 
He is in this rundown area of New Orleans called Storyville, and he runs brothels. But what he wants to do is kind of upgrades to a classier establishment he's black which of course is a change from the original source material he's also in the closet he's gay and it looks amazing i mean the sets are fan- and locations are fantastic and i do think the two stars playing the brad pitt role of louis de pointe du lac is jacob anderson from Game of Thrones and he arrives and he's immediately drawn to Lestat and those early scenes in the brothel and gambling and kind of the sort of classism and racism that's going on in that society and then also the family life of Lestat as well um, and their sort of inherited wealth and he's got a troubled brother his sister's about to get married are really well done so um yeah once i'd kind of got past the introductory framing device i thought it was really good it looks great and then the two stars very very good what did you think hannah is this your cup of tea i don't know that it is really it's kind of a bit dark and a bit seedy in places isn't it but as you say it is really well done i i mean you've got to kind of get past the whole I mean, those brothel scenes we've sort of seen a million times, but yet somehow it feels very real, doesn't it? It is incredibly well done. And you do feel transported to this time and to this sort of underground world, I suppose. And the, I don't know, the the class divide and the difficulties in being gay. And there's lots of kind of things, I suppose, lots of messaging going on. But I mean... For me, it's a bit hard working. It's just, it's just quite dark, a little bit oppressive. Um, but if if you like this kind of thing, then you're going to love this. If that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. You either buy into sort of vampire films and TV series because you're a fan, or you don't. And I'd say that's again the case with this. Well, something completely different arriving on Paramount Plus on Friday the thirteenth. Gosh, we've been looking forward to this. It's the return of Frasier. And here's a clip. Freddy! Surprise! Dad! You're at my door, unannounced. No, there's a shorter way to say that. Surprise! (laughs) What's going on with your son? Wish I knew. Got a girlfriend I've never even heard of. When I told him I wanted to spend more time with him, he said no. It's just not a good time. Have you considered that he hates you? Yeah, it's back. Would you believe it? Kelsey Grammer is back as Frasier Crane. And, um... I could believe it because it makes, oh, I, I can believe it. It just makes you feel a bit old, doesn't it? Because, of course, this was, um, I think it was back, it was 20 years ago, I think, that it actually finished, the series. And um, they're reviving the whole thing. So if you, if you are a massive fan of Frasier, then this is, you're going to love this because I think it, as you say, we've been um, eagerly anticipating this. And I think fans or diehard fans or even more so. And I don't think they'll be, disappointed i really don't um so we see basically we see we know where we left the show shall we say um and then we see him return fraser returning to boston but with his nephew david um and then he's meeting his old oxford university pal which is played by nicholas lindhurst now i'm a massive nicholas lindhurst fan so um he arrives very very quickly in the first episode um and is brilliant as well. But of course, they've aged, we've aged, we've all aged, but it doesn't make a difference. I think it's equally as 
it's exactly as it was. It's the quick humour. It's funny, silly trip ups and all, all the rest of it. Um, and this trip um, sees Fraser return to Boston because he he's going to do a, a, a talk and deliver a lecture. But it's also an opportunity for him to reconnect with his son, Freddie, who works for the Boston Fire Department. He didn't know, but he's met a woman. He's living with her called Eve. Father approves. Um, and essentially, this is this is the kind of exactly the same thing as you saw before, but just played out in each episode of kind of this journey of him going back there. Very funny in places. It's more funny than anything else, I would say. Um, and I think that everybody seemed to really enjoy it. And I think there's a real danger with things like this when you go back um, to spoiling your memory somehow. Now, for diehard fans, you know, they may, they, they may think that they've missed something. But for me... I just thought it, they did it really incredibly well. And they, they stayed true, if you like, um, to, to, to what it was. I, I don't know what, if you agree, Ian, if you're a massive fan first time round. But um, I just thought it was quite funny. It felt, it, it took me back rather than thinking, gosh, this is something 20 years on. Well, I am a massive Frasier fan, but I, and I've only watched episode one, but I must admit I was quite disappointed uh, they're lacking, obviously, Martin, Fraser's dad, and Niles, and Daphne, though you will see some familiar faces later down the run. So they're huge characters, and especially Niles was so vital, I think, to the success of Fraser. This new one, I do think Lindhurst from Only Fools and Horses, he makes a good fist of it, even though his character is, well, he's a sort of boozy, lazy academic, so I, I don't feel it's like the greatest character ever created the plotting of episode one is you know it's it's pretty unbelievable what happens i'm not going to spoil it and the characters to me just seem quite bland the new characters apart from lindhurst who who as i say is is great he does really well in this as ever kelsey grammar you know his comic timing is is superb he's really funny and fraser is a great character so i hope that it will bed in because obviously it's early days and we're meeting all these new characters so there's a lot going on i still enjoyed it but to me it just see it did seem very dated in that the style of it is is like the old fraser and of course sitcoms have kind of moved on a bit since then but I still enjoyed it, and and um, yeah, I hope that once it's kind of bedded in, it will recapture that old Frasier man- magic. Do you do you think though that that's because you're you we've moved on twenty years? I watched it from a viewpoint of it almost being twenty years ago. That's kind of how it's because I feel like you're transported um. back rather than forward. If that makes sense, of course, everyone's got older. But I think sometimes it, with that lens, it okay. helps. Well, talking of being transported back, Hannah, do you see what I've done there? <laughs> Over on Apple TV <laughs> Plus, also arriving on Friday the 13th of October, we have a new period drama called Lessons in Chemistry. And here's a clip. Mmm, that's perfect. I like to cook. It's just chemistry. You're on the verge of a major scientific breakthrough. This institution has a reputation based on the world-class scientists, not the theories of a pretty lab tech. We have rules. You're firing me. So this is based on the Bonnie Garmus novel of the same name. There are eight episodes, and it stars Brie Larson, 
who many people will know from Captain Marvel. She plays Elizabeth Zott in the 19... We're in the 1950s, and she is working as a... Well, she's kind of a, a lab tech at Hastings Laboratories, surrounded by male chemists. But she actually has um, an MA in chemistry, so she's she's very bright and talented. But everyone mis- mistakenly thinks she's either a secretary or, or you know, they just they want her to take part in in the beauty pageant, and she's just treated in an incredibly sexist and patronising way by the men there. And, and episode one is great because it's all all set around this this awful toe curling beauty pageant that they have at the laboratories, and she's being sort of forcefully encouraged to take part, which is like her worst nightmare. She bumps heads with this scientist called Calvin Evans, played by Lewis Pullman, who is the son of the great Bill Pullman. But after an initial row over her borrowing some equipment, they they they. So quite drawn to each other. Now we see in glimpses that there's been some kind of traumatic incident in her past, and for reasons that I will not reveal, she leaves Hastings Laboratories and she reinvents herself as a TV chef, presenting this program called Supper at Six, and she brings her knowledge of chemistry to the art of cookery because uh, well some people say cookery is where science meets art don't they and she's certainly got the science down and in episode one we see her at work explaining how she's experimenting with different temperatures and cheeses to get her lasagna (laughs) absolutely perfect so it's it's a great story the period detail is superb Brie Larson is really good in the role I think because she she very much has to underplay it um as this woman who's just kind of biting her lip and dealing with all this appalling behaviour around her. Yeah, I thought it was another great period Apple TV Plus series. What did you think, Hannah? Isn't Brie Larson brilliant? I mean, I just thought this was absolutely excellent. I loved it. It's a true story of grit and resilience, isn't it? But also from a female point of view, kind of some real women power here. Um, And like you say, kind of that sort of, that horrible discrimination in the 50s and 1950s housewife you know you you speak when you're spoken to and keep your penny on um it's all there isn't it and it's all so awful and how far thank goodness we've come but not far enough but actually to see somebody challenge that status quo to become someone as famous and to remodel and rebrand herself like she did given what's happened as you say we won't spoil that um is really brilliant and i think that it's um kind of really relatable it's still so many people remember this time and we're still to a degree are having to put up with that inequality in so many in the workplace in many homes etc etc so for me i thought it was absolutely brilliant and brie larson is a star we're going to end with something rather strange it's a three-part documentary series on prime video which arrived on wednesday the 11th it's called the greatest show never made And here's a clip. To be famous is the best thing in life, really. Around the millennium, we were all wanting to be part of reality TV. We can start it. I was on the lookout for something. An adventure. New reality TV show seeks contestants. And I thought, wow. (laughs) 
So this is very timely, isn't it? Because of course, Big Brother has been reinvented and that is, uh, or probably was the defining reality show back in the day, however long ago that was, many moons ago. Um, so it's, it is very timely this, but it's, as you say, it's very odd. It's very, very bizarre. And um, I started to watch this and I genuinely thought it was some kind of mockumentary. I thought this isn't real. This is, they feel like actors. This doesn't feel quite right. But essentially, it is not. It is, <laughs> it's all about a scam. Um, so this one particular person, a kind of, um, I guess, a, a wannabe producer, director, um, tricks people into giving up their lives, um, quitting their jobs, uh, even letting their leases expire on their flats to a to appear in a reality TV show. And that's what people really think they're doing. And people do do that. You know, they did it for Big Brother. They've done it for all sorts of these reality shows. They've given up absolutely everything for fame and fortune, you know, a, a, a big prize at the end. But none of it was true. None of it was real. There was no, even, I mean, even the people working on the show thought that there, there was a, um, a channel that had bought it. It wasn't. And this looks back at all of that and it interviews people. And, it's just so weird because these characters that you see being interviewed um, are very much the sort of people that would end up on Big Brother. They're very much they sort of this person hand picked a kind of selection of society, and you could absolutely imagine them in that Big Brother house or you know one of these reality shows. Um, it's it's really intriguing, but also quite horrifying. But I had to keep I kept thinking it wasn't real, and you've got to really it takes a long time for you to get your to get your head around that um and yeah real it's just i suppose pre-internet pre where you could check these things out i don't know it's really really bizarre and quite scary and shows that even pre-internet you can still be scammed what did you think Ian? i enjoyed it it's a fascinating story and i don't actually remember this uh from back no. in the day although they keep showing a clip from tv burp where harry hill is is talking about it so clearly it was <laughs> it was featured in some way on on telly with so many documentary series on streaming platforms now if i felt with this the material has been stretched to the maximum to to, to turn it into a three-parter when it really could have been wrapped up much faster than that. And it's very stylized, as you say. For instance, there's one guy who got the job as the cameraman who who was working as a clown before he did that. So they get him to dress up as a clown and they have these sequences where it looks like he's driving along in a clown car. And they put all these, they catch up with all these contestants in quotes today, but they put them in these sort of retro sets to do funny things like, you know, burning their CV to, to show that they've given up their job, which is all, you know, it's completely unnecessary. But it is an amazing story. And they do get this guy who called himself Nikita Russian, which clearly wasn't his real name. And he's this sort of floppy haired leather jacket wearing, he looks quite arty. He's the, he's the guy behind the project and he said you know reality tv show contestants wanted hundred thousand pounds you'll get paid so all these people for, for a different reason they were all kind of looking for something i guess in their lives but they tell their stories about you know they gave up everything and then mm. they end up in a park in london in the rain 
well actually i'm not gonna I, I won't say what happened because it's such a if you don't remember the story it just beggars it beggars belief and he appears on it well we see him being confronted by the the contestants when it all descends into chaos and he appears as he is now and i must admit well he's full of it for starters he's totally unapologetic and i just think he would be brilliant on married at first sight because he's an a- absolute <laughs> gaslighter to the max so it is it's an amazing story it, i'd say it's well worth a watch i did feel it they'd overextended it a bit but it's yeah you just think because it's not i mean it's not exactly a scam because he wasn't really i don't think he was going to make any money out of it it just well you'll find out how and why it all went completely tease up but yeah i mean really fascinating stuff well, Hannah, we've got to the point. You'll be pleased to hear when we find out what you've been binge watching on this week. Well, I tuned into The Reckoning, the harrowing Jimmy Savile story played by Steve Coogan, who does a phenomenal job um, as Jimmy Savile. And I think I'm a bit of an ostrich and I kind of bury my head in the sand with these things. Obviously, we all know how horrendous um, that whole thing was, but that really lays it bare as just actually how terrible it is. So, yeah, I watched that through... Uh, through the slits of my fingers because I just couldn't bear it at times. Um, and uh, also, I, I you know, last week I watched Married First Sight UK. I have delved into all the Australian version now. Uh, it's a whole new world. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> You've gone down the rabbit hole. Well, I, yeah, I watched The Reckoning as well. And uh, I thought that Coogan did a brilliant job because he didn't do like the impressionists jimmy savile and he is a very talented impressionist i thought he 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 played it to perfection and yeah it's an utterly disturbing story of course but yeah i thought he did a great job and i should just flag up that on bbc iplayer at the moment one of my favorite films from the last few years licorice pizza is available so if you haven't seen that you are in for a treat Now, we've just got time to look ahead to next week's offerings. So what are we going to be talking about, Hannah? Well, Stephen Graham stars in the mind-blowing Netflix mystery Bodies about four cops investigating a murder in four different timelines. He's in everything, isn't he? I watched him last night in Matilda, the musical. He's just, he's he's so busy. Anyway, uh, and Samantha Morton plays a vicar investigating a mysterious disappearance in supernatural thriller The Burning Girls on Paramount+. Plus. So we look forward to those and much, much more. But in the meantime... Watch it! 